Welcome to CigarCast, your weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar-related, including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. We're recording live from our respective homes uh, in various parts of Tennessee. This is horrible. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Trey Dedman, and I'm joined as I am every week by Mr. Shane Reeves. You know, I, I got tongue-tied. You know, I'm kicked back here. I had a great line about how I'm recording from the garage mahal, but you've just messed it all up. I don't know that I can save us. I think it's just in a downward spin. I, you know, for four years we've been recording from, with very little exception, the same place. And so my intro is just so second nature at this point that anything we do to upset that just really trips me up. Yeah, it's it's one of those things. It's, you know... Um, Last week, it's funny how much we bragged and how happy we were to get back on a regular schedule. And then this week, I catch COVID and you have to take a look at, you know, you're under quarantine because you were exposed. Not to me, by the way. It was someone else who exposed themselves to you. It's, whoa, hey. Uh, (laughs) Not like that. So, yeah, so we're both under respective quarantines, and I think now is a perfect opportunity because I have not had one yet today for us to spark up a cigar. Why don't you tell me what you're smoking? So, I was Sunday went and we ate at a new burger place that was amazing, and then went to Casa de Monte Cristo, and I just happened to think, and I said, well, I'll call Trey and see it's near his house if he just happens to want a cigar, which is one of the great things about cigar smoking is you can just call a bud and say, hey... I love how you think that a 20-minute drive is close to my house. Well, it's 45 <laughs> minutes from my house, so it's closer than it is from my house to there. Fair enough. And uh, It is closer than Crown, which is, so I'll give you that. So I call... Yeah, I'm, I'm sharing a warm, loving story about your dedication to run over and share a cigar with your friend. And uh, even though you had a lot going on that day, you had plans to be exposed to COVID later that evening... Um, I'm sharing this warm, loving story, and you're just just all over it. I don't know what I'm going to do with you. But anyway, so long and short, I purchased a couple of cigars for us to smoke when we're together, which was the cigar of the year this year, which we're going to cover in a little bit. And you handed me the H. Upman 1844 Añejo. And I'm very excited to smoke this cigar. I've I've purposely withheld it to be sure that I got to smoke it with you. Yeah, I'm hoping that you enjoy it as much as I do. Um, you know, I actually uh, was thinking about that. It, it's funny how, um, you know, different things hit us in different ways. I thought it was interesting that, um, you know, I had thrown that up on on the new release as a nominee uh, for the Stogies last week. And then... Um, one of the few times where something got on the list that we both hadn't smoked yet. So it was just um, opportune that I was able to share that one with you this weekend. And then um, I thought it was also interesting, um, you know, how we were talking about AJ. And then we've got uh, an article that we might get to later that talks about someone else kind of sharing the same um, ideas we had. I just think it's funny how that it's also funny that we both got COVID in the same week. So <laughs> it's just weird how cyclical things can be from time. Well, just from an efficiency standpoint, it's good because now when we're both done, we're both done with it. That is and, true. Uh, so the wrapper on this was an Ecuadorian Habano. The binder is broadleaf. The filler is Nicaraguan, Dominican, and Honduran. So this there's a lot of cigar around here, and uh, and I didn't know till just now that. Or till just earlier that Añejo actually means older mature. 
I just assumed it was a Spanish adjective of unknown origin. And also, I'm going to light this. What are you smoking? Well, as it would happen, uh, on Friday, I just so happened to think, uh, get a wild hair that it was time to buy another box of Charter Oaks. And I am so thankful that I did, because if it weren't for that, I would not have cigars to smoke right now. Because uh, we've been under quarantine for almost a week now, at this, well, since Sunday. So... Um, a week by the time you're hearing this. And so I wasn't, I didn't have a big stockpile because I didn't expect that I was going to need one, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm smoking a Charter Oak because it's what I had on hand. So on the first light, the Añejo, I'm getting a little of that pepper, a little of that spice coming through. Now, part of that, I'll have to smoke this cigar once I'm well too, but I on purpose smoked this cigar tonight. Um, I haven't had any of the loss of smell or the loss of taste or any of that stuff that people get with it. I just barely had enough COVID symptom to go get tested today. Uh, It was just barely just a cough, a little bit of a sore throat. Um, I felt like I might have had a fever, but I don't own a thermometer, so I couldn't tell you. Um, So I just, on a whim, because I have a lot of people wanting to meet with me, January is always the busiest time of year for my plans, said, okay, I need to go get it, get checked out. So I went and took the rapid test, and it come back positive. Much to my surprise. I figured I just had round two of a cold. But I'll be, my lips are a little bit chapped. You know how your lips kind of get chapped after a cold? Yeah. And you know how your palate kind of just mm-hmm. gets a little bit extra sensitive? So I'll be interested to see as I smoke this cigar how much different it is from now till the next time I smoke it. Yeah, that will be interesting. And I'll so, okay, since you're not going to talk. <laughs> I've, I've said there, I've set it up, and it's like, oh, yeah, I guess I should talk now. And I'll, I guess I am, I may be a little foggy tonight. Do I seem a little foggier than usual to you? Yeah, a little bit. Okay, well, y'all forgive me if I seem a little foggy for some reason. And I'll, so this year. The top 25 cigars of 2020 from the aficionado list. And I'll, I'm not going to spend a ton of time on this list this year. Um, I don't think it really needs it. Yeah, it kind of, you know, every year we kind of advance the theory that the list may be swayed by the amount of advertising dollars spent at Cigar Aficionado. This year kind of seems to lend itself to that because... This year, last year, the year before, all of them, the list kind of look the same, don't they? I ain't seeing anything really different in there. Yeah. An E.P. Carrillo at the top of the list, uh, an Opus X, a Padron Anniversary Series, a couple of Cubans, the Oliva Series V. I mean, these are things, the Ashton VSG, something from Henry Clay. These are things that show up every single year. I, I honestly feel like with a couple of exceptions this list could just be a rebranding of last year yeah i mean there's just you know okay so number 24 the esteli miami that's a good cigar i can see that making the list the real nicaraguan romeo and juliet definitely worth making the list and all, uh-huh. but I I don't know um, what business the Henry Clays have on there. If anybody really loves Henry Clay, please Facebook me and tell me what you like about them. 
Because I have not found anything to like. To me, they just smell. They just smell, smoke, and taste like the old Dutch masters. Yeah, they're very. They're a very old world kind of kind of flavor to me. You know, the Highclere Castle made this list. Uh, I support that. I think it's a bit higher, th- or I think it's about in the right place. I think the Reserve Real Nicaragua needed to be higher. Um, yeah, I just. Yeah, this is why I and I hate to be sort of silly here, but this is why I like when we do the Stogie Awards that we make a point that Cigar of the Year had to have been released in the year that it earns the title. And same with Rookie of the Year. I mean, I feel like if you allow cigars for for a for a heady category like this that have been around for ages, then you end up with with this problem, which is just that yeah, it's cigars that I've been smoking for years. I know it's good. Show me something new. Well, and I think it's perfectly okay to say, all right, folks, Padron. Everybody is playing for second place. Padron's number one. Everybody's always going to play for second place. We're not putting Padron on the list. Just know Padron's in charge, yeah. and all. You can debate. Amongst cigar guys, anything except for Padron. And I, I've, there may be a pretentious enough Davidoff guy out there that he would dare to debate it, but I don't, I've never met him. But yeah, neither that's the I. fan that would do it. You know, and interesting is the Rocky Patel number six at number nine. Um, I've not had that cigar, but I've not had, I don't know if I've smoked a Rocky in 2020. I don't think I did. And I'll, it just seems like the, um, since our local shop don't have much of a Rocky presence and they've not been making a big push in Nashville, it just kind of seems like they're they're falling a little further. Because normally a new Rocky I would have smoked. It's unusual to see a Rocky that I have not even seen on the shelves to have the opportunity to smoke. Right. And I'll, I mean... So the Ashton, okay, Ashton Vir, Virgin Sun Grown Sorcerer. That's the Ashton VSG, right? Number 12. Yeah. Okay, hadn't yeah. the VSG been out longer than me and you been alive? Uh, right around. Um, it, I was a very young cigar smoker when this cigar came out. I think it came out before you started smoking cigars. It seems like it's always been around, but... Anyway, regardless, congratulations to E.P. Carrillo Pledge Prequel and all. And we we did pick up a couple of those, and when we actually have a chance to sit down together, um, I think we'll we'll really enjoy it. I didn't want to try to smoke it when we're not actually sitting down together. I'd rather wait until we could enjoy it at the same time and really give our opinion. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So, news just today, just dropped today. We're recording on Thursday instead of Wednesday. And Avanti Cigar Company taking over U.S. distribution of Toscano. So, Toscano's been distributed by Miami Cigar for since, Miami, since they've been here, since they've been in the U.S. Right. And now, um, it's going to move, Avanti Cigar is actually going to start doing their own distribution. So Miami, let's. Yeah, I think that's important. I think that's important to to note is the fact that Avanti is going to be the company that's in charge of distribution, but they are in fact owned by Toscano, so they're taking over. Um, I, I I don't know if if Michael Capellini is going to stay on as being a, a Toscano guy if he's going to, but I'd love to 
to see if we can reach out to him and get some more information on this because I, I I can't wait to see what that what I, I get the impression that this is born out of the fact that oh you guys aren't going to have people physically handing our sticks to people anymore all right we're going to fix that we'll do it ourselves that is interesting so you think maybe the cut in the sales force is directly responsible for what caused Toscano to say okay we're going to take our ball and just use it ourselves a mixed metaphor I there. would say. I would say that I don't necessarily think that that was the causation, but if someone were to tell me it, that that was the case, it wouldn't surprise me. Well, I would like to know what's going on at Miami because I've seen more, and maybe it's local, maybe it's regional, but it did not seem like Miami Cigars sold more cigars last year than any year we'd ever seen them sell them. Yeah, it feels like they were having a barnstormer year. And, you know, when you when you don't have to pay hotels and gas and mileage and stuff like that for your sales force, you can you your, your profits go up regardless of what your sales do. So, I I think you know, we've talked about it before and we don't need to belabor the point because we um you know, because I think we both agree on this point, but you know, it's time will tell if this was a good move. Uh, I will be really surprised if this pays off for them late long term, and and like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if this move for Toscano to self distribute has some connection to that that decision. Well, it's interesting. I was actually discussing this with a builder earlier this week. He had talked about how busy he was and that he may have over-contracted himself. He may have more houses out there to be built than he can effectively build. And I said, yeah, there was a year my father, my father always built about 40 houses a year. And he made his best money. He made his best profits. He had his best product was delivered to the customer at 40 houses a year. One year he found that out because one year he built 100 houses and never lost more money than he lost that year. So I, I right. wonder if there is an element to, um, you know, the worst thing a bit that can happen to a business is not enough customers, but the second worst is too many. I wonder if Miami is trying to let off the gas a little. I don't know. Could be. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. It'll be interesting to see. I'd, I'd, I'd love to be a fly on the wall and actually find out. And also, okay, now to your big news, the thing that you've been excited about. And all the re- the return of your brand. Would you like to lead off this story? Yeah. So I um, I wouldn't say I'm terribly excited about this, but I was a big fan of the timeless, and and I think it's great. You know, so Nat Sherman's not dead. You know, Altria killed him off. Well, yeah, Altria killed him off, and then they shuttered their doors in New York City, which was kind of their last holdout. Um, but it looks like um, Her- Michael Herklops and Brendan Scott have now formed a new company called Ferriotego, um, and they're gonna they're gonna relaunch the brand. So the Timeless, the Mat- Metropolitan, and the Epoca, uh, as well as the Encora line, are all gonna come with them. Uh, and so we're gonna have some new Nat Shermans, and it's not going to be uh, sort of tied up. I guess would say, or, or connected in any way to um, the reason they lost a lot of fans recently. So I, I'm excited to see this. And these are two rock stars of the industry, so you know that they're going to do well with it. Well, 
you know, I have this discussion all the time. People talk about remaking movies. Why do you remake movies? The reason that you remake Ghostbusters, the reason that you reboot so many of these movie franchises or even take old TV shows and turn them into a movie is name recognition. We now live in right. such a fragmented society that name recognition's hard to come by. So I wonder if that's not mm. the um, the reason they're doing it. Now, the interesting thing about this article to me, though, is the um, they're going to be made by Quesada cigars, but then the Nicaraguans are going to be made by Plasencia. So they're utilizing different factories. It's not like they're starting a cigar business. They're going to utilize different factories and pull it together. Right. And I think that's great because then it allows them uh, to spend the time. You know, they've got an established factory that they can get their product from. They don't have to train. They don't have to source a location. They do all of those. I mean, they can just kind of hit the ground running. Um, with their blend receipts and things like that, I think it's I think it's going to be a, a nice seamless uh, transition for them, or at least I hope so. I do too. I, hope, I I wish them well. I'm glad that Altria is out of the cigar business because they didn't need to be interfering with our cigar exemption anyway. They obviously didn't have no business in the cigar business to begin with. But let me talk about this H Upman for a minute. If you blindfolded me, took the band off, and handed me this cigar, I think I would have guessed it to be an H. Upman. It just right? tastes like what H. Upman does. It's just it's a good medium, medium to mild. I'm not getting a lot of kick out of it. I got a little pepper right on the front end, but that's mellowed out. I can almost attribute that to the I, COVID more than I can to the actual cigar. I was about to say, give that another shot. Like you said, after you get over whatever this is that that you're dealing with, whether it, it because I know you said your your taste hasn't really been affected or anything yet, but that that's definitely not a medium to mild cigar. Now, I think you're right; it's dead square in the medium, but I do think that perhaps you're not getting everything that cigar has to offer right now. Maybe I'm not I'm not getting the fullness out of it and all, but I mean I. I smoked an Africa last night, and it tasted just like an Africa always tastes. Yeah. So, but uh, well, and it could be that certain taste buds are affected differently. You know, there's still a lot we don't know about this, and and you know, there are some variants that are hitting the the, the global stage now at this point. And you know, it it could just be that whatever the flavor profiles are that this cigar has, or, or maybe hitting you a little different than the Africa did, or or I could be full of crap. That's always a possibility, but um, but yeah, I would definitely. It's definitely not in that that full bodied range, but I would say definitely medium, maybe slightly bigger than medium is what I got from it. So I will be interested to to hear your review on a on a different um, on a cigar a couple of months from now. Well, and it'll be interesting as time goes on as I smoke the rest of this because I'm still only about an inch in. You know, one thing, being sure that I don't inhale does tend to make me a more cautious smoker and smoking much slower than what I usually do. So there may be some yeah. of that actually happening in it. And a retro hell is absolutely out of the question. Yeah, you don't <clears> want to do that. So, I don't know. I'm. It's interesting. I'll, I'll be interested to see as it progresses. How's the Charter Oak treating you? It's great. Uh, I mean, this is... This has been my 
This has been my go-to cigar for a lot of quarantine for the last three years since it's been out. I mean, I, I just, it amazes me. You know, when we first started doing this podcast, I was big up on the Tennessee Waltz. And that was a cigar that I smoked almost as regularly as I smoke the Charter Oak now. But, man, I got so burnt out on it that I haven't had one in over a year. That hasn't happened with this Charter Oak yet. It's just still so good. And I, I don't know how they accomplish that. But, yeah, this is this is everything I would want out of a cigar. Now, are you smoking the Maduro or are you smoking the Habano? Yeah, the uh, the Connecticut Broadleaf. The, you're smoking the Connecticut Oh, the broadleaf, yeah. The, no, the broadleaf. The dark, the broadleaf. And also, yes. why did yeah. you? Because they don't, they don't carry the habano at Crown. Yet. Oh, okay. So you bought your box from Crown. I, I didn't know if you had went somewhere, yeah. a, another store there locally. Which, by the way, and I'll, I want to go ahead and get it out there. Um, our friend Robbie is opening Big Boy Spring Hill January thirtieth. It will open at eleven. Yeah, grand opening party. Grand opening party. There's going to be reps there. There's not going to be... He's not doing deals. He wants you to sit down and smoke and get to know the store, get to know the reps. Now, they're giving away free food, so that's always a plus. That's kind of a trademark of his events, which I think is such a great move, especially in that new location where he's surrounded by some great restaurants. Well, and that's one of the things that I really like about Robbie's philosophy. Um, he knows how good the cigars are. He curates the cigars himself. And he doesn't feel the need, okay, I'm going to try to put a whole bunch of them on sale and sell out a bunch of inventory or anything. He really, hey, we're going to put on a good event that everybody can settle in and enjoy a stick. And if you end up buying a box, great. But if you are in the area, January 30th, go to Big Boy's Cigar in Spring Hill. And uh, we'll mention it again next week. But I, I just can't thank enough. And actually, my quarantine will end that day. And uh, provided I don't have any new symptoms manifest, I will have been 10 days out at that point. And uh, that's what the yeah. doctor told me today was 10 days from the time I manifested system, symptoms. So I'm being liberal and saying that'll be 10 days. Realistically, that'll probably be 12 or 14 days for me. But I'm planning to be there planning to talk to some of the reps. I've had reps messaging me and people messaging me. Um, just it's getting it's really getting ready to take off for Robbie. I think that's going to be a great location for him. Yeah, me too. And uh, all right, one more quick article before we step away for a break. Cigar aficionado, Big Smoke meets Whiskey Fest, now slated for fall. First and foremost, is there anything better than the fall event? Is there any better time of year to have a cigar event than during the fall? I just I love the autumn. See, I'm I'm different. I like a I like a spring event. I like that you know people first starting to crawl out of their cigar winter holes, and and you know kind of the first event of the year that you're able to smoke outside if you need to get away from the crowd. Like I I kind of like that a little bit. Now I do love a good fall fall event but for me spring's where it's at well you know we used to take a spring and a fall golf trip and the spring golf trip always had to be to the mountains because the fall if the spring truck golf trip went to alabama we got rained on and being as this is going to be in hollywood florida right. in the spring your chances of getting rained on would be pretty good so that's that's why i, li I guess you're right i guess the oh, fall yeah. event 
works better the further south you go. Mm. Probably a, a regional. But so they're going to merge two lifestyle events. The inaugural Big Smoke meets Whiskey Fest scheduled for October 30th at the Seminole Hard Rocking Casino in Hollywood, Florida. And uh, it's going to be hosted by cigar aficionado and whiskey advocate. This whiskey? Which are both owned by the same company. Does yeah. whiskey need an advocate? I thought I thought whiskey kind of sold uh, itself. You would think so, but yeah. Um, in, uh, to, something to point out is that Cigar Aficionado Whiskey Advocate are are sister publications, so uh, they are owned by the same company. It's a similar. Co- so I would imagine that the whiskey on hand will fall somewhere in a similar realm as to way the cigars are handled by Cigar Aficionado. I'll leave that that vague. Um, well, I. But um, I like this. Oh, this offers an opportunity for okay. If you do go to this thing and you you know you're not a regular whiskey drinker, but you would like to catch a little knowledge. I mean, I, I like the blending of them. I like them putting together. And all uh, because not. I would be interested to see how ticket prices compare to previous years. If you're getting more bang for your buck. Or if you just, the only game in town now got twice as expensive. Yeah, so they've not gone on sale yet. They'll be announced soon at BigSmokeWhiskeyFest.com. So we'll wait and see. You want to step away for a break real quick? Yeah, let's do it. And, uh, when we come back, we'll talk about an FDA ruling. We want to talk about the um, return of the cigar lifestyle. And we got to talk about cutters. So stay tuned and we'll be back. Welcome back to the Cigar Cast. This is one of your hosts, Shane, sitting in the garage mahal while Trey sits in the Unabomber shed. And I don't have a bump joke this week. I just, I, one thing about have, being sick, I just have not had a good bump joke come to me. And uh, every. <laughs> you, haven't, you haven't had the opportunity to sit there and stew on it like you normally do every week. Well, also, um, can I say that a couple of the podcasts that I listen to daily have really gone downhill in the front of 2021. And uh, several, of my, right? several of my dailies have just not been fit to listen to. We were actually talking about off the air a new podcast that I've been listening to just because my normal guys have just not had their act. They've ever been talking about politics, which I would rather do anything than. Or they've been just um, kind of mailing it in. They hadn't got back into their rhythm yet. They hadn't found their footing for the year. I don't know. It just seems like um, I've not had a lot of input this week to really be creative. Yeah, I feel like I feel like I agree with you. I feel like January has always. You know, I've been listening to podcasts for over a decade, and you know, I feel like January has always sort of been a slow ramp up. You know, you get a lot of best ofs and low effort material in December, and then January is a lot of people having to refine their rhythm. Yeah, and I think that, you know, there's a big adjustment um, now that there is no Trump is, okay, how long are they going to hold on to either loving or hating Trump? Okay, it's done. It's over. Call it a day, folks. Whether you loved him or you hated him, we should no longer care. It's over. You know, I just, I don't see the, um, because love him or hate him, 
he did provide a lot of talk material. He did. It was easy mode. It's kind of like when Clinton was president. It was easy mode for comedians and journalists. Right. Yeah. I don't think there's ever been a president that's gotten as much airtime and and publicity from the press as as, as Trump did. And so it'll be interesting to, interesting to see how it pivots. And I'm I'm hopefully optimistic. And we're we're falling down the rabbit hole of what you were just talking about. So I'll get off of it quick. But I'm hopefully optimistic that we might have somebody now who doesn't spend the first however many years blaming his predecessor and actually just set, just pretends like it never existed, moved on. Because that was, you know, that, that's one of the, the things that, that frustrates me ever is, is get into a new job and sit there and blame the person who held the job before you for the last, for, you know, however long. It's like, just, just deal with it and move on. Right. You knew the shape that it was in before you took the job. If you didn't know the shape of it before you took the job, you should have never took the job. That's just the facts. You know, I've right. never been into that. I've, I've had to come into numerous companies, and the reason I was hired was because the, the CAD department was a mess. I never complained about putting the CAD department back together because if the CAD department had been running well, they wouldn't have needed to hire me. Exactly. So I, I, I really don't, um, I don't understand that modus operandi, but... Anyway, so big news. FDA finalizes rules for pre-market review. Premium sector still exempt. So this article's from Aficionado, but pretty much every cigar magazine in the country has put out this article. Right. Basically, the two, the two major pathways for market for new cigars and other tobacco have been established. It's either going to be substantial equivalencies or it's going to be for lack of a better word, grandfathered in. And no, I mean, for yeah, it, it's going to be interesting to see how this ultimately shakes out. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but they still don't totally define premium cigar. We just know that there is an exemption. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. But I mean, if we're getting one step closer to them actually telling us where the goalposts are rather than continuously moving them, I think we are in a step in the right direction because, you know, if you don't know what the target is, you'll never hit it. And so at least give us the target so we know what we're fighting against. Right. And that's what the, you know, that's one of the things that the FDA talked about. It's currently prohibited from enforcing market requirements for premium cigars due to a ruling handled down by Judge Maida, which we've covered in great depth. Right. And also, I don't think there will be, um, I think we're closer. I think if this progresses on, as long as the PCA and the um, cigar industry keeps the pressure on the FDA, I think we will eventually get the premium cigar exemption. Now, that being said, we've got a different kind of, of environment in Washington now in that, but we're not getting into that. We're not going to have that fight right yeah, now. Yeah, but we we've also <laughs> been dealing with this with this since 2013. So we've seen a lot of changes happen uh, over the course of that in terms of people being in charge of this or that or or not. And so I I, I really don't. I feel like the wheels of the FDA have been in motion for so long that whoever's at the helm is just trying to to stay the course. I don't I don't think it's going to cause because at this point it's up to the courts. So it doesn't matter who's in charge. It's it's about what uh, other judges like Meta say. Well, and hey, 
if they utilize this to take control of vaping and get rid of vaping, which I think vaping is on hour 14 or minute 14, 59 seconds anyway of being over anyway. I think vaping is on its way out. I think that there's been enough come out that people are like, okay, we're done with it. And they leave premium cigars alone, which really have no impact on children whatsoever. I think we'll, I think it common sense may win out in the long run in this, which I hope it does. I hope so too. That's that, I'm always optimistic for common sense. So, Cigar Journal, the new Zycar Nightlife series, and all uh, they did an article: double the guillotine, teardrop cuts up to sixty ring gauge. Okay, Zycar, can we just say these are this is as good as we can do? This is as good a cutter as there is, and quit slapping a paint job on it and trying to relaunch it like that it's going to do something different. I, I I both agree with you and disagree with you on that. You know, I do, I, I do think you're right. I think they need to come out and say the XI1, the XI2, and the XI3 are the best versions of a cigar cutter that could ever possibly be designed. And so these are going to be you know, from an engineering standpoint, these are the these are the cutters you got access to. On the flip side of that, I really like the fact that no matter what your tastes, no matter what your hobbies, no matter what your budget, Zycar makes a cutter that appeals to you. Now, I don't know who this particular new series will appeal to because I think they're just absolutely hideous, but. They're not for me, and there are people who will buy this. And so I, I do like that you can get a carbon fiber or a mammoth tusk, or you can get just a, you know, a plain, you know, uh, uh, synthetic resin kind of in whatever color tickles your fancy. I, I do like that. I like that there are lots of options. But yeah, stop telling us that it's a new cutter when it's not. It's it's just the emperor's new clothes. Well, and I want to reel back to another article that was August 14th of 2020. Zycar announces limited edition camo series. Okay. Who does the camo series of Cigar Cutter appeal to? What's their target audience? Because it ain't hunters. Because as a hunter, the last thing I want is my lighter or my cutter camouflage so that when I drop it, I never find it again. I'm always amazed they'll give you these knife sheaths that are completely camoed. It's like, great. Now if I drop this, I'll never see it again. Could we make it bright orange? I think I think the funny thing about that is that there are people out there, my daughter is one of them, who like the camo aesthetic. They like the way it looks. You know, it, it's not for the actual camouflage properties, you know. Um, it's just because they like, you know, go to any mall across America on Black Friday, and I guarantee you there will be some Jeep Wrangler on chrome 24-inch rims that's never seen a lick of dirt that has camo all over it. They don't care about it being visible or not. They just like the way it looks. Well, I feel about camo as a color pattern Kind of like I feel about gummy worm as a flavor. You know, I went and bought some BCAs. (laughs) Yeah. I went and bought some BCAs the other day. 
and I'll stopped at GNC because since I've been doing the no no sugar and no grain since the first of the year, um, I want something other than water, but I don't want something with sugar in it. So I can drink a BCA. Um, realistically, is it doing me any good? Probably not, but I can still have something with a little flavor in it. And the flavor right. the man recommended to me was gummy worm. Gummy worm is not a flavor. Gummy worms should not be... That, that doesn't seem near descriptive enough to me. Well, that's like when people call... That's like when people call something cotton candy flavor. Cotton candy is nothing but spun sugar. It doesn't have a flavor. It's just sweet. Yeah, well, it's... You know, it's our argument. I've had it before. Watermelon flavor, Jolly Rancher, tastes nothing like watermelon. I've never had a no, watermelon... It like watermelon flavor. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, should watermelon flavor not have some semblance of watermelon <laughs> and all? But just, um, Zycar, it's okay. Um, just put a, hey, have a contest. Build a better cigar cutter and the world will beat a path to your door. Just get us a better piece of engineering for cigar cutters. I would love to see that. And if it's as good as, if it is the mousetrap, if it is as good as it's ever going to get, then let's just go ahead and admit it that it is as good as it's ever going to get at this point. Yeah, and I'll, so. I think the problem. I think the problem is that they own a patent on this particular style and design, and so I mean, so you've got the the Lotus and the Calibri that look similar, but they're not the exact design. And I think it's one of those things that no one is ever going to concede because then that means that Zycar is the only person that ever makes cutters ever again. True. And I do like the Zycar cutter because I like pushing from the side way more than pushing from the top down. I do feel like pushing from the side is a better cut. And also, from the Spectator, spectator.com UK. Spectator. Um, this is from Simone de Burton. I'm going to get, it's not, I'm not going to say Simon Burton. It's Simone de Burton. The Return of the Cigar. So this is an interesting article came out. I was cruising around and found it in 18th of January in 2021. So this article is only three or four days old. This is not an old article. Right. And, I'll, and what he talks about is how the cigar lifestyle is kind of changing. How it used to be kind of the, the domain of middle-aged pudgy dudes, and now it's finding audience everywhere else. And uh, what what was your thoughts when you read this article? What was what did you come away with from this article? You know, I thought it was interesting that you and I both had sort of sort of op opposing views to this. You know, I, one of the reasons that I got into cigars in the first place is exactly what this guy's talking about: is that is that feeling that you're a part of something special that or or something bigger than yourself, or, or however you want to say it. You know, I I liked the idea that it meant something or it looked like it meant something. You know, that's not why I smoke cigars now. I've since developed a taste for it and I appreciate many different aspects of, of smoking cigars. But when I first got into it, it had to do with the fact that, yeah, it makes you look important. You know, I, I used to joke, you know, anybody who says that smoking's not cool, just they're talking about cigarettes because no one. But if you smoke cigars, cool people smoke cigars. Smoking is cool. <laughs> you heard it here, kids. <laughs> so, yeah, the you know, I'm never motivated by people's perception of me. 
I enjoy cigars. You know, when I ask myself, Shane, don't why break your arm patting yourself on the back like that. Thank you. It, it, hey, a lot of flexibility there. Um, when I ask myself, because that's one thing this article did cause me to do, is ask myself, okay, why do I smoke cigars? And all their inherent risks in smoking cigars, health risks, we all know, we all acknowledge them. But to me, the health risks of not being surrounded by friends on a regular basis, of not sitting around talking to the guys, of not having that unit of time measure that is a cigar, um, the risks of that far outweigh any risk of actually puffing on a cigar. So, well, and that's like we've always talked about. You know, the the fact is that you and I can can put down the cigars and and kind of walk away from it and not have any of the withdrawal symptoms that you know that are typically associated with stopping smoking. Yet we would miss it, and it's because we would miss the camaraderie, the 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 fellowship, and and the time spent. Yeah, I would miss just hanging out with the guys, and I mean. Hanging out at the guys at a bar watching a football game would just drive me crazy. I would just be bored. And all because I'm not a sports guy. Now, put a cigar in my hand in that same scenario, and all of a sudden I'm having a blast. And all. it is just that moment. And the good thing about the cigar is when the cigar is done, you know, there's nothing worse than having a conversation with somebody that doesn't know when to wrap it up. They don't really know when the conversation's over, when they've had enough. Um, They just don't know when to wrap it up, when to call a halt to it. The good thing about the cigar is that's kind of built into the cigar and uh, when that's over. And and you get to make the decision, do I want to have another cigar? What length of cigar do I want to have? You know, you get to have so much um, more control of the time when you're smoking a cigar. Boy, you're smoking that charter oak. Fast. I don't think I've ever seen you smoke one that fast. I'm, c- I'm cold. <laughs> oh, is that it? There is, there, there is no heat in the Unabomber shed. I am trying to keep my hands warm. Oh, okay. Well, I was I was wondering because, man, you're puffing on that sucker in a hurry. And all I've still yeah, got a third of a cigar left at least. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm not my typical laid-back self tonight. It, the... Uh, you know, it was actually a relatively warm day. It got up into the mid-50s, so I, I was thinking it was going to be fine. But, man, as soon as the sun went down, the temperature in here has dropped 5 to 10 degrees. Yeah, you're probably going to have to to go in pretty quick after this to get warmed up. I'm, I've got the big patio heater out here in the garage, and that makes all the difference. Because once it gets hot in here, you just turn it down on low, and it just keeps it the perfect temperature. Yeah, this is going to be one of those rare situations where I'm actually going to finish the cigar before we finish the podcast. Yeah, you're smoking the cover off of that, dude. And uh, the other thing they go into, they go into some famous cigar smokers. And I do like that they um, they talked about some... They, didn't, they talked about Churchill, of course. But I like that they talked about some of the less-known guys. I'd never heard of Sir Terence Conran, Doyen of Design. And all that he was a famous British cigar smoker of the 20th century. Had you ever heard of him before this article? No, I hadn't. So I I like that they did that, that they kind of mentioned some of the less known cigar guys. Who was the first guy you ever remember 
seeing a cigar and saying, oh, yeah, that, that looks perfect. That really looks like a direction I want to go. That's a good question. I, I don't really know. I, I, I guess I would say probably Churchill. I would say most people go to Churchill because it's kind of a default. And I'll and I don't know that um it may not even be a answerable question. I'll have to I'll have to ask that question when COVID's over, when I'm done with this quarantine and I'm back in circulation, I'm gonna be asking that question. I'm gonna ask a lot of our guys. I'll I'll keep us updated on the podcast. I'm gonna ask a lot of guys, who was that first guy? you seen smoking a cigar that you said, wow. You know, the first guy I ever seen smoking a cigar happened to be Bugs Bunny. But right. <laughs> but I didn't associate that with, with anything. And also, it'll be interesting to kind of see. But this was just an interesting article to stir up thought and to, to give you something to really pontificate on. So, last thing I want to talk about tonight, I'd put it in the topics list. How much, so Big Boy's coming into Spring Hill. Big Boy's came into Spring Hill, and it was posted on the Spring Hill Facebook page, the I Heart Spring Hill Facebook page, which is um, 30,000 some odd members. It's where kind of everybody goes. It should be called I Grumble About Spring Hill. It's kind of that. I think every, doesn't every town, do you have a I Heart Green Hills? And do y'all have a Facebook page kind of for the area you live in? Yeah, we do. It's called Hip Bellevue, and um, it's it's a lot of grumbling on there as well. I think that's just the nature of the beast with those types of groups. Well, and they put in a picture of Robbie's shop getting ready to open up January 30th, Big Boy Cigars in Spring Hill. Um, they put a picture of it up and said, a good cigar lounge coming to Spring Hill. And the amount of people that just kind of... Um, came to the defense of the cigar lounge that's already in Spring Hill that's terrible really surprised me how much loyalty does a cigar shop deserve of its people I think that's such an interesting question because you know you compared it to is it just a bar or should it be more and and to me i used to have loyalty to the bars that i would go to you know i had a handful that i went to on a very regular basis and that's really how i kind of handle my cigar shops as well you know and it pretty much all boils down to the staff you know i don't feel any loyalty to geographic location you know, just because something's closest to my house doesn't mean that that's necessarily where I'm going to call home. Um, you know, it's the people that have treated me the best, you know, to that point, you know, with with Crown, where we normally go, I mean, that's pretty much my go-to shop. But, you know, if, if I'm ever in another part of town, I'm happy to go to... Um, you know, Smoker's Abbey or Casa, you know, both of those shops have always treated me really well. And and I do feel a sense of loyalty of, I like those places and I want to do my part to help them keep the doors open. And even if that's just spending, you know, 10 or 20 bucks, you know, once or twice a week, I feel at, at least that way I can say, yeah, I tried to, I tried to keep the doors open. Same way, you know, every time I'm in, I do not drive through Dixon without stopping at Robbie's shop, whether I need cigars or not. Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, um, obviously Austin, the owner at Crown, has treated us very well. 
Austin has been very good, especially during your wedding, during the bachelor party. Austin went above and beyond. And for that, Mm -hmm. he does get a certain amount of my loyalty. But there is an element of, you know, at what, how much, how much flexibility does that give them? You know, as humidors kind of rise and fall and somebody puts in a humidor that's a lot better or somebody puts in a humidor that's a lot cheaper, um, how much, how, if, you know, I always have with my sporting goods, with my guns, I will pay 15 to 20% more for a gun from a local guy than I will go buy a gun from Academy or somebody like that. And I, I would just rather, I won't notice that lost money. And I won't notice the difference in a $350 gun and a $375, $400 gun. And I would rather support the local guy. So I don't know how much loyalty your cigar shop gets to you. And I don't know how much you can focus on that loyalty without actually setting yourself up to be looking for a reason not to be. You know, there's guys yeah, at the cigar and- shop that their, their sole goal is to complain about the cigar shop. Yeah, and I've always found that to be pretty interesting. You know, we we were, I guess it was about a year ago. Um, you know, they added another TV at Crown, and the the drywall dust hadn't even settled before people were complaining about how big it was, or small it was, or it was too close to the other one, or not close enough to the other. One. You know, and it's just there are those people that are always going to find something to complain about. I think the cigar industry being such a people and relationship focused industry is one of those that really benefits from people just kind of supporting everyone as much as possible. You know, I will I will come to the defense of my favorite shops if someone has something bad to say, um, but not to the point that I will try and nullify somebody else's success. Um, but I also think that's just a personality difference Um between me and, and sort of a lot of other people. Well, and every shop offers its own personality. You know, right. the personality at Bellmead Cigars is way different than the personality at Crown. Right. Well, and the aforementioned Casa. Uh, after hours, they become more of a bar atmosphere. And that's just not my scene anymore. You know, there would have been a time when I would have shut that place down many nights a week. These days, that's just not really where. But I'm really glad that the Nashville, you know, cigar landscape includes a place like that for the people that want it. You know, um, yeah, I think it's important to embrace the the differences. And if if people want to go to a, a, a cigar shop where there's a crotchety old curmudgeon behind the counter that runs the place, well, there's a couple of those too. Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's it's just interesting how people um there can be more than one good cigar shop in your area. I don't think you have to rush to the defense of your cigar shop lest you be a bad patron. Right. And all and it's just interesting. I I don't think as cigar smokers we should get that wrapped up in it. I think we should really just enjoy what fits for us and some days I'm in the mood for Casa, some days I'm in the mood for Crown, some days I'm in the mood for something different. Yeah. And and I think, you know, it's interesting, too, because I I am probably one of the more loyal people um, 
sort of sort of in the in the general population. I, I am loyal to a fault. I have I have stayed in jobs or relationships or friendships or with with people far past a point in which it was healthy or needed or whatever, because I do, I, I feel a sense of loyalty, but I also don't think that you can only have loyalty to one person at a time, or in this case, cigar shop. I think it's possible to be loyal to three or four. If your town has three or four places that you want to, that you want to support. Well, there's sometimes that I want to go to a shop where I'm anonymous you know, where I'm getting ready to have a conversation with somebody that's kind of a private conversation. And I don't want somebody to see me and say, oh, hey, yeah, there's Shane and go over there and sit down. And all of a sudden I can't have my private conversation with somebody. And um, there should be a, a universal cigar symbol for, hey, we're having a private conversation. And, I'll, yeah. you know, kind of like when you see somebody with their laptop and their headphones on, you know, they got their shields up, step away. There should be kind yeah. of a, I don't know, maybe a nice little sign that says reserved on the table <laughs> where the two yeah. of you are just sitting there and there's a little reserved sign. Oh, okay. He's having a, a heart-to-heart conversation right now. I like that. We, we, may, need to, we may, may need to develop something and push it out into the zeitgeist. But, okay, let's rate these cigars. The H. Upman um, and Yeho, it's uh, it's barely a six for me. Okay. No, it's not quite a five and three quarter, or it's better than a five and three quarter. It's not quite a six for me. It's good. It's everything I expected. It's not knocking my socks off. It does bear further smoking when I'm well. So I'll, it's a six with an asterisk right now till I actually have a chance to smoke one on a much clearer palate and head. You know, and it's times like these that I really wish that I was keeping a running list of the cigars that we had smoked and, and what we rated them. Because uh, I know I've rated the Charter Oak many times before, and I, I probably have never rated it the same twice. So I know it... I, I feel like just... You know, my gut tells me to give it a six and a half. I think I may have given it a six before or something like that. It, it, it's always in that range. I mean, it's great. I don't think you can call it a seven just because it's, you know, it, it is very much, it, it is the best cigar for the price in any humidor bar none. But does that mean it's the best cigar in the humidor? Not necessarily. And so I, I, I really have a hard time giving it a seven, although in my heart, I think it probably, that's probably where it lives. Yeah, it's um, it's yeah, it's there's mitigating circumstances. It just on pure cigar flavor, um, smoking it blind, what you might rate it versus knowing all of the things around it makes it different. The price is a huge factor in making that cigar better. Right, knowing that you're smoking it and you didn't spend a fortune on it does have that does weigh into my cigar smoking. And I would like to be at the point in life that the price didn't matter to me, but I, I'm, I don't think I'll ever reach that point. That'll always be a consideration. Price and availability are always going to be considerations when I rate my cigars. Absolutely. So how do they get a hold of us, Trey? You can reach us on Facebook.com slash The Cigar Cast. We're on Instagram and Twitter at The Cigar Cast, and you can email us at info at thecigarcast.com. One last thing. Congratulations to our listener, Alex Acosta on his new St. Berdoodle bacon. 
He sent me a picture of bacon the other day. I'm always a big fan of a good dog pick, and he just acquired a new member of his family. That's the first St. Burdoodle I've ever heard of. I've never heard of that either, but it sounds like a breed that I need to have. It's a, it's a beautiful dog. It's a great guy. Uh, congratulations to their family on the acquisition of that new member. And until next week, everybody have a great cigar and think well of us. Thank you.